We heard those wonderful words of Isaiah that Wes read for us. As Isaiah's writing to the people, as they're in exile in Babylon, they might feel like they have moved back to the past, like they're once again in Egypt, trapped there in slavery. It feels like they're repeating themselves as they're in exile in Babylon. And they want to remember the former times. And so as Isaiah comes to him, he gives them a little bit of a hint. I remember the former times. He says, I know what it was like. I know what it was like when God led us forth, when chariot and horse came after us and they were drowned in the sea. And then Isaiah does something wonderful. As he gets the people just a hint of letting them know he knows about the past, knows what they long for, that is, they long for the past, we heard this. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. But God says, I am about to do a new thing. Oh, isn't that what we should be thinking about? What is God's new thing? How many times in the past couple of years have we longed for getting back to normal? Long for getting back. We've actually talked about it so much, we're getting tired of talking about it. But we know we're on the cusp of it. It almost feels like this has been a Lent like no other Lent that we ever explored because we kind of went into this pandemic in Lent and it feels like we've never quite got out of it, but we are oh so close. We can just taste it, it feels like. We're going to get back to normal. No, we won't. We'll never get back to normal. We'll only go ahead because God's always ready to do a new thing. Do you perceive it? I mean, if people would say, wait, can we get back to the way it was in 2019? I kind of remember some stuff from 2019 that I just assume not repeat. I would much rather think about what God has in store for 2022 and 2023 than to try to recast ourselves back to 2019 because God's already thinking about what new thing could possibly happen for us. We just have to perceive it. And maybe the way that we perceive what God has for us in the future is to simply let go of the past and let it take care of itself. But we are people who God is calling forward into something new, something so so amazing that Isaiah has no way to talk about it except reminding people as they wandered in the wilderness from Egypt into the promised land, they're going to have to cross wilderness again as they leave Babylon and head back to Jerusalem. Once again, God is going to call them into a wilderness. And so God says through Isaiah, this is what will happen in that wilderness. God says, I will make a way in the wilderness rivers in the desert. And just in case people didn't hear it the first time, a verse later, Isaiah's right back at it. For I will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. Because God is always thinking about where God is calling us to be, always providing us, us with what we need for the future. And I wonder if I wonder if that's what Jesus was thinking a little bit about. When we hear John recording that 
right before Jesus is about to enter into Jerusalem, when he knows the crowds are waiting for him there, just as we'll celebrate next week on Palm Sunday in this place, we'll celebrate that wonderful entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And yet Jesus is there in Bethany, at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, maybe already contemplating what that week will be for him. I wonder if Jesus was thinking, oh, man, what I wouldn't do to get back to the feeding of the 5,000. That was a pretty good day. I wish I could go back and recapture that part of my ministry. What about the time I made the lame man walk and everybody started cheering? That was a pretty good day. I'd like to get back and experience that again. What about that time I walked on the Sea of Galilee out to my disciples? Oh my gosh, were they so afraid? I'd like to do that again. And instead he knows that he's going to be entering Jerusalem where the chief priests are waiting for him. And so in that time, when he might be thinking, I wish I could go back and recapture the glory of my earlier days of ministry, Mary breaks open a jar of perfume of, of pure nard and pours it on his feet. An extravagant act. 300 denarii. This would be a year's worth of wages for a common laborer that were all set aside. The room filled with this fragrance. What a, what an incredible gift or an incredible waste or an incredible way to start a week. I wonder what Jesus was thinking through all of this. And maybe what he was thinking was, this seems like an extravagant, extravagant gift a lavish way to be poured on someone's feet. And Jesus thinking all along that he would be the gift, that he would be lifted up, that his body would become the gift, the sacrifice for the world, for, for us. What a lavish, inexpressible gift that God was ready to give to the world. And in that anointing, Jesus knew that he could not go back to his previous ministry, but that God was paving the way forward for him as he enters into Jerusalem. And we hear so often as we, as we hear this text, we'll hear so often about the lavishness of, of the gift We'll also get a little bit about Judas because I guess the writer John was not a big fan. So he, of course, takes a little dig at Judas in the midst of all of this, saying he was a thief. I'm not sure if any of that nearly is nearly important as maybe the, the one thing that we might miss at times is the very simple fact that Jesus was anointed. Jesus was anointed in that moment. And I will have to tell you that if I would go back to my past 15 years ago, I would hear that Jesus was anointed and I might go, yes, but 
We have totally co-opted what anointing is now today. Because 15 years ago, I was going to a lot of Christian concerts or conferences where Christian bands would be playing. And this would be my experience at so many of them. I'd be at that conference and you know, uh, or you'd go to the concert and you know that people bought a ticket really to hear the one song. Yeah, there was the one song that they really knew that band was gonna play. It would either be the last one or the encore. And so you kind of put up with 90 minutes of them singing all of their other songs until they finally came to the song and this is what I started to hear so often, is that they would go to this song and then the person, they could never just sing it. You know, the leader of the band would have to come out and they'd have to bless the people for all being there and everything that it meant. And then they would say, well, we're going to sing for you and no one would even hear it. Because everyone would cheer because they would say, finally, you're gonna sing the song. We all paid the ticket for you to sing. And they would say, there's been a real anointing on this song. And I gotta tell you, for a while I thought, oh, come on, what do you mean there's anointing on this song? Because it always, always seemed like it followed up after that with, and our CDs are gonna be available in the lobby as you go. And I'm like, well, how can I not buy their CD? There's an anointing on this song. I would feel foolish if I didn't go out and buy the CD that has the anointed song on it when I left. So it all felt like that. I thought, man, one day I'm just gonna write a book. I don't care what it says. I'm just gonna tell everybody there's an anointing on it and it's available in the lobby because that seems like all you need to do. And then in my congregation, a couple of years after that, there were people in the congregation and, and I was talking to them. She was gonna sing uh, one of the special pieces of music for worship and she said, you know, there's kind of an anointing on this song. And I went, oh, come on, what does that even mean? Because I knew she wasn't gonna sell her CDs in our, in, in our you know, narthex after worship. I go, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, I have found that when I sing this song, for whatever reason, it just kind of touches people. It catches them in a new way. And I've had so many people come up to me and say, that song was just so special. Those words just kind of resonated with me. And I went, oh, well, I like that kind of anointing. That actually makes sense to me. I could see that happening. And I thought, well, we as Lutherans have that, don't we? Well, we've got a mighty fortress. That's like our anointed song. It's one that still captures people. We still love singing it because it's, it tells this story that seems to be so special to us. Or anybody who's ever sang in any Lutheran choir anywhere has sung Beautiful Savior. There's something about that song that is so special to our Lutheran tradition of what it means to us. We just don't have the words around it that talk about it being anointed. You know what? Those are anointed songs. They actually speak to us in a way that makes you hum it the rest of the week. Or when you're reading those words, they just kind of capture you. That's why today when you came in, I asked the, the Sounds of Praise Choir to say, pick out like seven songs you've been singing over the past five years. What are songs that have really spoke to you that people have said to you, oh, that song. I just love the words, the way that, that melody washes over me because I wanted us to catch that spirit of what it means to be 
anointed. And so that's why on your way in today, we, you had an invitation to be anointed. Jeanette came up before me. I realized, actually, as we were getting to ready to read the lessons, I went, oh, I didn't even get anointed today. So I asked her if she would come up and anoint me before I preached. Now I can say there's an anointing on this sermon, I guess. But, but part of it was just to say, I want to know that experience. This morning at 8.30, we had a baptism where we always anoint those who are baptized. And sometimes it seems like a really cutesy thing to do because it's a little child so often. No, this is an anointing. It's our way of acknowledging that God has something in store for our future. We did not anoint you to go back to the past. We anointed you so that God will send you into a future that is filled with, with waters in the desert, that, that's filled with springs that well up. And it might be in your life, but actually more likely in somebody else's. If you realize that you haven't been anointed to serve God, and that God is willing to do something new in you, Isaiah would want to ask you this question. Do you perceive it? Do you see that there's something that you're on the cusp of in your life that God is trying to do? I mean, it'd be easy today if I just had like different cards written out and you just took one and went, oh, okay, I'll do that. Someone say, feed the poor. All right, that'll be my anointing this week. Uh, do something nice for your neighbor. That'll be my anointing this week. Uh, you know, um, uh, look out for somebody, make a phone call to someone who's, who's lonely. That'll be my anointing this week. It's not that simple because I don't know what yours is. But I do know this. As sure as we've been in Lent now for five weeks, and it feels sometimes like it's been 120 days, it really hasn't been that long, but it can feel like it. There are people in your life who feel like they're in an extended Lent, who feel like they're just in the wilderness, and they're waiting for somebody to bring water in the midst of that time. They're waiting for somebody who will realize that they are anointed to do something, to bring hope, maybe to invite somebody to, to Easter who hasn't been in church for the last five years, maybe to, to bring somebody a, a message of welcome who's felt like they're an outcast, maybe to deliver a, a, a bowl of soup to somebody who is hungry. You are anointed and there is something new that God is ready to do with you for the world look around do you perceive it see what God might do to create in somebody's wilderness a spring that bursts forth. You are anointed to be that spring. You are anointed to be that gift. It may not be all that extravagant when you feel like you're giving it, but to the person who receives it, it will feel like a jar of precious 
ointment that washes over them. You are anointed to be a blessing to someone this week, this month, sometime. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.